Afterwards, Vasudev presented the priest with valuable gifts of cows and jewelry and also with marriageable boys and girls. So that's an interesting point because sometimes people say, and someone says in the Shasta also, that women are all shooters. So how come it says here Brahmin girls? What does it mean? Born in a Brahmin family. Is that what makes you a Brahmin? Is that what Krishna says? What does Krishna say? What's the verse? Chatur Vanyam Mayashistam. What are the next words? Guna Karma Vidakasha. And then there's a verse after that that says for women is Janma, right? Is that correct? Krishna says it's Guna and Karma for men, and the next verse he says it's Janma for women. Is that true or not? Is it true or not? No. Okay. So how do you get a Brahmin girl? What's a Brahmin girl? Not only qualities, does Krishna say just guna vigavashana? He says what? Guna karma. Karma. How did they determine who was a Brahmin girl? Do you know? How did they determine who was a Brahmin girl? Someone what? Yes, okay. The Brahmin qualities Krishna mentions in the 18th chapter. What was it? Just like yesterday, there was one uh, Indian gentleman who's just new to Krishna consciousness, and he says that his parents want to arrange his marriage, and he wants to marry a girl who will help him in Krishna consciousness, but his parents are very concerned that she's from the same caste. Now, of course, they're probably thinking in terms of So what family is from? Brahmin family. So then he said, my father says that something is very important. What is that something besides caste? What do you think that something is? And if that's not right, we don't do the math. What do you think is that something? Hmm? That's a given. They don't even say that. Hmm? Parcel. Parcel. So well, there's a report where Prabhupada says this one. He says that you do the horoscopes to determine whether or not the boy and girl are of the same. What are we talking about here? Are the same cast, are the same varna? So if it was varna by birth, would you have to do a horoscope to determine the varna? Or would you just look at them? The family. And Prabhupada says very specifically, you look at the horoscope to see that the boy and girl are of the same varna. So does that mean that a boy and girl could be of different varnas than their parents? Okay. So what does this tell us about women? That women have? They have varna, don't they? Okay or not? Is that clear? Can someone think of some, some other instances of where it's very, very clear that there are varna shatra vaishnava I know this is in there that, um, that, 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 like, Satri's not married by anyone. Mm. Like yes. Yes, if there's Pratimam and Anunam marriages, and which one is okay? So, so, uh, someone from the same caste or not? You're talking from the man's point of view. You're assuming the man's point of view there. You made an assumption. So, explain it from a mutual point of view. 
what, what kind of mixed marriage is okay? If the man is? Hi, man is hi. And what marriage is not okay? It's a woman is hi. Any idea why that might be? Okay, and what would happen to a higher class woman with a lower class man? She'd become? She'd become lower class. Obviously, they didn't like that idea, did they? They didn't want the women to become too hated. They didn't want the woman, even if she didn't become lower class, she'd be forced to act according to a lower class standard. They didn't want that to happen. Now, does it always happen that if a higher class man marries a lower class woman, they elevate you? Does that always happen? Not necessarily. Can you give me an example? There's a Shastrik example. Um, yeah, a Jamila. So a Jamila, because but sometimes when Prabhupada was asked, how does someone become a Brahmana? He just says if she's married to a Brahmana and she's considered a Brahmana. It's sometimes just a very simple answer. But the fact is, if she's a Brahmana, she gets married to a Brahmana. It's not that marrying to a Brahmana makes her Brahmana. Because she's a Brahmana, she's married to a Brahmana. Think of a Jamila. Was she married to a Brahmana lady? He was married to a Brahmana lady. And then, can a Brahmana have more than one wife? Is that permission? Okay. So, then, who did he take on as his wife? Okay? What's she called in the Bhagavad Gita? Specifically, she's called it? Shudrani. Did she become a Brahmin? No. What happened? He became less than Shudrani. Right? She degraded him. So, are women just like sort of uh, blobs and they just become whoever they marry? Does that happen? If you marry any woman to a Brahmin man, does she become a Brahmin? No, otherwise, would that story make any sense? It would have no meaning. As soon as she married this other girl, then she would become also Brahmin. But she didn't, did she? Now, she could have. Like Devaruchi, when she married Karnamamuni, she was a Satya. She took on the qualities of the Brahmin. Uh, but still, when she wanted children, he arranged everything more like Satya than me. Houses and nature and all that kind of to take care of her nature. When Prabhupada gives the example of Satya mentality, what is the mentality of Satya? Do you know what example he gives? Yeah, for Satya? He gives an example. He gives a specific example of a specific person. Do you know what example that is? No, not a woman. He said it was a historical example that this one queen's husband had gone off to battle and the guard told her, your husband is now at the door, he's returned from the battle. And she says, oh, get ready for the victory celebration. It says, no, my queen, he lost. And she said, well, do you have all the medics ready? He must be severely wounded. No, my queen, he's in perfectly good health. She said that he's an imposter, don't let him in. He said, my husband is either dense, dead, or severely wounded. Those are the only choices. There's no defeated in good health choice. He said, so it's not him. So they sent the message down, sorry. 
You're not the king. The queen's, not, the queen's only going to marry her husband, not somebody else. That he might have into the battlefield that he wants. Probably because that is the example of such an mentality. So the self is that women don't only have ashrama. Sometimes people say that women only have ashrama. That their only duties are ashram duties. That they don't have any varna duties. Would that make any sense? If somebody has a nature and activity of good and karma, then wouldn't it be reasonable that they do some karma? Of course, there's some activities according to that unit. And what happens when you don't allow that? What do you think happens if you say women only have ashram duties, they have no environment duties? What do you think happens? Hmm? They'll follow it anyway, won't they? Right. And what do you have in society? People who are very what? Confused and right? we all have we all have propensities. Suppose you're in a situation where you're not allowed. Very frustrated. Very frustrated. So of course before the Industrial Revolution before the Industrial Revolution, naturally um, women, not only women, children, used to contribute to the economic well being of the family. Is that correct? Before the Industrial Revolution, were women only cooking and cleaning and feeding the babies? What kind of things were they doing to contribute to the family's economic well-being? They were often teaching children. What else were they doing? Yeah, they were helping with the, if they were vices, they were helping with the animals, with the farming, with preserving the, the food. So, and uh, you had to have your wife with you for the sacrifice, didn't you? You weren't allowed, that's why Ramachandra had to take a golden deity treatment. You weren't allowed to do the sacrifices without your wife. Like Adwaitacharya and his wife were working together and worshipping their deity. Right? The Brahmins have a study, they teach, they worship the deity, teach others to worship the deity, they accept charity, they give charity. We find some common women listed as, as teachers in, in Bhagavatam. There are two women listed as impersonal teachers. But whatever the husband was doing, they were assisting. What about the Satria ladies? What was Gopati doing? Do you know what Gopati was doing? She was back to the entire house. How many people was that? Do you remember? No, 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 no. 100,000 people. She looked after the whole royal enclave. This was 100,000 people. It's like a small town. <laughs> she was like the mayor of a small town. What else did she do? What else did she do? She, she had a treasury. She told such a moment, she said, I'm the only one who knows the income and expenditure of the kingdom and I manage the money. She was the secretary of the treasury. So we were reading before that when Lakshmana married Krishna, when she garlanded him, there were male and female dancers and musicians. So depending on the varna, the women had occupations as sutras. Are there are there female servants? How many times do we need this female servants? There's female entertainers. There are women who are helping with farming and cow protection if they're licensed. There are women who are helping run the kingdom if they're such 
And then there are women helping in beauty worship and teaching and studying if they're brown. Does that make some sense? And what happened in the Industrial Revolution? Well, yeah. And not only the, the see before that, like Robert spoke to Tanika Pandi, saying that a man is happy if he doesn't have to leave home to go to work. Formally, men didn't go off to a job, did they? They didn't go off to a job. Like you can see today, there's a lot of business people, they have their shop on the ground floor and their residence on the top floor. You see this in the city still? You see this in New York, at least in the lower part of Manhattan and things like that. The shops downstairs and the homes upstairs and the homes in the back. Right? I was visiting uh, many years ago uh, some life members in Delhi, or I should say Guinea. And with six brothers, and four of them worked in the business of the father who died, and the mother was managing all the elderly women. She was managing all the finances. If they wanted any money for the business, they have to ask her. She didn't go into the shop, but she was managing everything. She was one of the managers of the business. Is that pretty common? We call mom, pa shop, right? And the children are also helping. Yesterday we went and got some nice hair for the Dee Is she going with nice hair? Mm-hmm. Some of We got some nice hair. So it was met there. The man was running the shop. His daughter was there. His grandson was there. This is typical, right? And then Industrial Revolution, the men had to go out to work. And one of the, the main ways that women got involved in the tactics was with textiles because the women used to make their own cloth at home. Well, at least they would spin. All the women would spin. And there might be only, you know, a couple weavers in the town. Not necessarily every woman would weave. But at least all the women would spin. So that was taken out of the home. It was a big way women contributed to the economic well-being of their family. You know, now you want to buy a dress. One dress is $100. Just imagine. And then, so the women, in order to then make an economic contribution to the family and the society, they also had to go out of the home. And then the children, in order to make an economic contribution to the family, they also had to go out of the home. And everybody's working in these factories. And that's why we now have compulsory education. Where did compulsory education come from? Excuse me? Yeah, child labor. Because the children were working in these factories. Previously, the children had helped with the family. Right. They were Brahmin boys, they were helping with study, and they were helping also with the Jagya. They were contributing to the family, and now the only way to contribute to the family was to go to a factory. And of course the children were getting injured in the factory, they were getting bad health, they were going deaf, they weren't getting any sunshine, they weren't getting proper nutrition. And so there was a push in the Western countries of the world for compulsory education. Which has not been a very good thing for a lot of people. There's many people that really don't want to be in school. And what do they do in school? Cause trouble. They don't want to be there. They're not inclined. You know, after they get their basic education, even that sometimes they're not inclined, but after they get their basic education, they don't want to sit in school. They're not academic. They want to do something. <laughs> and because they're not getting anything practical to do, they do rubbish. 
So, you know, then just saying, well, the, the men are thinking, my class men are thinking, I don't want my wife to go out of the home to work. To work. I don't want my wife to work in a factory somewhere, office somewhere. I'll keep my wife at home. So then you had this society that existed like in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. Where the men were working and the women were staying home. The children were in school. And what were the women doing at home? What did they do? What did they have to do? How many, how, often, how much can you clean? <laughs> you have all these machines to clean. You know? How much work is there to do? Is there a whole day's worth of work to do? No. So, you know, they found birth control so then you were only having two, three children. Used to be the average of six. She's only having two, three children. And they could buy, of course, canned food, frozen food. And they have their vacuum cleaner. What are they going to do? And one day the women said, you know, just become sex objects. We don't have any, we're not doing anything meaningful in society anymore. Everybody wants to do something meaningful, isn't it? Don't you want to do something meaningful? They said, all right, we'll go out into the Uber Karma workplace with the men. And this is called this having Untended children, adultery, something even the women's liberation say that this is not good. <laughs> it hasn't worked out very well. It hasn't worked out. So this can only be done if we have a, a basic, simple society. Even in modern industrial society, we have many families where husband and wife have their own business, working together in their business, or if they don't get along that well, they're working in different aspects of the business. The children are also helping with the business, and then the children, that's one of the main ways that the children will grow up and feel part of a community. It's one of the secrets to having children grow up and feel part of a community. You make them really part of the family and community from a young age. They're actually doing valuable work. Not just when you go to school and when you're 24, you can start doing valuable work. Okay, so why is it that women are also sometimes classified as shooters? Funny, I wasn't talking about this at all. I hadn't even looked at the summary. I had something else completely planned for this. So why are women all classified as shooters? No. Can I have a wrong with such a vice or shooter in household? Good guess. Hmm? Well, everybody's serving. That's everyone who serves, except for Krishna. And even Krishna likes to serve as devotees. You call it is for Krishna. Everybody else is a bhaja. Hmm? Yeah. Well, you know, it's a fact. But that we can talk about another time. How that? What is there about what is what the Brahmin Satriyas and Vaishyas have in common? Mm-hmm. But they're all what? Women less educated. Getting close with the leaders. They're all independent. They're all from independence. Brahmin Satya Vaishya doesn't have a boss. And women by nature want to be dependent. By nature, a woman wants to have a boss. By nature. Uh, therefore classified as choosers. So even though the women here are brahmanas, it's like the women are brahmanas, so they're a little different kind of brahmanas than men. It's a little different category. It's not exactly the same. 
So similar but a little different. Similar but a little different. And by the way, understanding that women have marna does solve a lot of, not entirely, but we don't have time to get into that, but it does solve a lot of the problems as to say that women are less intelligent or women are more lusty. Because you're, are you, do you think that that is comparing a Brahmana woman to a Shudra man? What do you think the comparison is between? A Brahmin woman to a Brahmin? A Brahmin woman, otherwise you wouldn't be a Brahmin. <laughs> a Brahmin woman must be more intelligent and less lusty than a Shudra man. Otherwise, how should she be a Brahmin? So it's comparing within Marna. So that answers part of the question, at least. Does this comport with our everyday experience? Do we see that women also have different natures and tendencies? Just like men do? Can we see that? Isn't that practical experience? Are all women of the same nature? Yeah. Okay. Right. So. Afterwards, Vasudev presented the piece with valuable gifts of talent and jewelry and also with marriageable Ramana girls. So again, I wasn't. Is that, is that interesting? Mm-hmm. Okay. Is that, is that a little side check to talk about that? What use do they have? Oh, they didn't give them to her and me. That's a good question. But it says, they presented the priest with valuable gifts of Italian jewelry and also with marital Brahmin girls. That wasn't for everybody. It's not indiscriminate. Indiscriminate charity wouldn't be any more goodness. And, and please don't ask me, but I was recently in some place where somebody gave me something very strange in charity. I was just telling my daughter about it. She, I mean, she and I were laughing and laughing. So, uh, you know, she said, Martha, what are you going to do with that? I said, I have no idea. <laughs> I think of what I'm going to do with this thing. So, you know, charity should be given appropriately. Give somebody in charity something that they're going to use. You know, trying to think who I'm going to give this thing to. So, it should be given intelligently. You know, you don't want some gift that's completely inappropriate for you, would you? So, I'm sure that Buster Day had the intelligence <laughs> to give gifts appropriately, according to her according to the person's need and position. So it's one thing the Brahmin does. The Brahmin is supposed to accept charity and also... And we see this is true in all the religious institutions of the world. One of the... There used to be uh, not so much direct government expenditure on welfare. Who used to distribute most of the welfare in society? The churches. The churches. So the people in general would give charity to the religious institutions of the Brahmanas. The Brahmanas are supposed to be the only ones who can receive charity. And the government would also give to the Brahmanas, and part of the one of the Brahmanas' occupational duties is to distribute charity. So they take the charity that they're given, they use it to worship the Lord. Not just you show the deity and you put, keep the deity in rags and you use the deity as an excuse to collect money and then you pocket it. So Brahmanas get charity. They can take what they need for their maintenance. 
and they use the rest to worship the Lord. They're not, the Brahmin is not trying to get, you know, a million dollars in the bank. Well, there's different instructions. Sometimes Prabhupada says the Brahmin is just keeps what they need from that day, and sometimes he says that you householder especially can keep something for emergencies. And then the Brahmin also distributes as need within the society. You see in Tirupati, there's the whole community there, and people are giving money to the deities. So here's the to Tirupati. So there's this big bag of money. Right? Big, big bag of money. And you just can't help giving a lot of money. You just can't help giving a lot of money. And then you see behind the glass wall, there's 15 people counting the money. So you can see no one's cheating. There's an armored truck there taking the money to the bank several times a day. And they're taking care of the whole community. There's schools, there's hospitals, everything. The temple is maintaining that. The temple is giving in, in charity. So that's part of the function of a Brahmana. And the Brahmana has some discrimination as to whom to give charity. The government can't quite figure this out. Can they? Now when they're giving directly, they're actually causing more problems with their welfare than they solve. We call it unintended consequences. He then performed the ritual bath marking the end of the sacrifice and fed everyone sumptuously, even the village dogs. Next, he gave ample gifts to his relatives, the various kings and others, who all took Krishna's deed and returned to their own homes. Unable to depart because of his intense affection for his relatives, Nanda Maharaja remained at Kurukshetra for three months, served with reverence by the Yadavas. On one occasion, Vasudeva began to describe the deep friendship Nanda had shown him, shedding tears openly. At the end of three months, Nanda left for Matara with the fond farewells of all the Yadavas. When the Yadavas finally saw that the rainy season was about to begin, they returned to Dwarka, where they related all that happened at Kurukshetra to the residents of their capital. So I think instead of going on to the verse, we'll just stop here and see if there's any questions or comments or discussions. Otherwise, by the time we go on to the verse, I will be able to say. Is that all right? Is that okay? So, any discussion or comments or questions on these points? Yes. She was the most selfless woman and serving her husband so nicely. She was initiated completely. Being initiated. And then the Kadmumani was so happy and he dead with all the facilities and people and all the Yes, yes. And it's just like that. One one does very she did so much Devahuji did so much selfless service for Kadamamuni that she forgot even about her own bodily necessities. Because that was his mood. That was his mood. He was just, you know, he was a yogi. So she also t- took on his mentality. But it's described you know, when they got married that they were of the same nature. The reason they married, the Swami Ramana could see that his daughter Devamuji actually had that nature. Yes. 
But the ability to give up your inertia is also mercy. It's just like uh, if you, let, let's say that you have some disease and some friend of yours comes to you, but you, you just think it's normal. You, you're not noticing anything. Some friend comes to you and says, you know, you look a little funny. I think there, there might be something wrong. You know, I, I'm noticing there's a funny growth behind your ear. You know, it doesn't look right. That's like the guru comes to you and says, you're in Maya. And you just notice it. It was behind your ear and somehow you just never noticed it. You're, oh, really? I have a growth behind my ear? And you start getting a little concerned. You go, then you go to the doctor. So you have to feel concerned. If you just say, oh, this person is just criticizing. The mercy is someone comes to you and says, there's something wrong. That's mercy. Then you have to be concerned enough to go to the doctor. And the doctor agrees to see you. It's also mercy. The doctor might say, sorry, I don't have any appointments for the next 10 years. Or I'm not taking any new patients. It's not just money. The doctor has to agree to see you. That's mercy. And the doctor says, yes, this growth is cancer. It's going to kill you. You need to take it out. That's mercy. And you have to say, okay. The doctor is not going to go into your house at midnight and exercise you against your will to take out the growth. Right? Any doctor going to do that? No. You have to submit yourself. You have to go to the doctor and say, okay, I'll come. And if you say to the doctor, will it hurt it when you take it out? It's just like, look, we're just going to take it out, okay? <laughs> the good doctor is going to do with the least amount of pain possible. And then the doctor will give you, you know, advice for recovery. And you, you have to follow it. So there's an interplay, there's a dance, you could say, between what you do and the mercy from the experts. So guru comes, internal guru, external guru comes and says, you're in Maya, you're suffering. You're, you're going to die, you're experiencing spiritual death. Just this morning, listening to Prabhupada saying, killing the soul. You can't kill the soul, of course, but... You're killing, you're killing yourself, you're dying. Hey, I think you've got cancer there. Oh, really? No? This is really cancer? Yes, it's really cancer. Okay, what do I have to do? We have to remove it. Okay, remove it. So the guru tells us we're in Maya. What do we have to do? We have to chant. As we chant, can we start seeing, oh, this service I'm doing that I thought was motivated by compassion is actually motivated by greed. It's actually, it's actually lust. It's actually this. It's actually that. It's actually, it's not a, this isn't an ornament hanging from my ear. It's actually a tumor. So when you become aware that it's a tumor instead of an ornament, Krishna makes you aware. Does Krishna do this when we can't attend to me? Does he make us aware? Yes. Do we have this experience? Krishna makes us aware. You're actually greedy. You're actually love. You're actually this, actually that. So then what do we do? We just wear a hat? <laughs> what do we do? Then we say, please take this out. Please, please get rid of it. And then he does. We can't take it. We can't remove the inertia. So without mercy, it's impossible. It's impossible. And without our endeavor, it's not going to happen either. Without our free will. We have that free will. 
If Krishna took us back to Godhead without our wanting to go there, we wouldn't stay there. That make sense? Like, you don't have someone stay in the temple against their will, they'll, they'll just leave. Okay. You still want to love Krishna. You can say, well, everybody wants to love Krishna. Well, yeah, but not everybody does. I gave this example the other day. Why do people smoke? Wouldn't everybody want to be healthy? Why would anybody want to be sick? The people do. You also have to want. You can say having healthy lungs is a higher taste than having cancer lungs and emphysema. But still, people want. But people are thinking, because I'll get the benefits of smoking, which I can't think of one. But I won't get the demon cancer. Hmm? So we're thinking, I'll get some benefit out of being in touch with the material energy, but I'll make sure I won't suffer. But there's not even any benefit. So is that okay? Okay. Any other question on today's summary? On the same point, Srila Prabhupada said, first you have a strong faith. Yes. And then for everything. Well, in the beginning, generally the faith is not strong. Generally the faith is not strong in the beginning. And by practice and association it becomes strong. Okay. Anything else? Okay, so I don't think I'm scheduled to take class tomorrow. I have all these notes from the textbooks. For Krishna Mata. So I don't think I'm getting class tomorrow, but I should probably check with Honey Rudapu. Um, we are doing tonight from 7.30 to 8.30, Sister Willing, a multimedia virtual tour of Radha Kundin, Shana Kundin, and Peter. So it's a lot of fun. And even those of you who've been to Radhakunda Shamakuni probably haven't been to all the places that will take you to on a multimedia tour. Okay. I'm finally actually ending at 8.30. Thank you very much. I'll go to Shishu with both of you. No more Vaishnavas?